0: Your, your favorite scene from the 1990 movie is when Raft's doing cartwheels on the roof
1: <laughs> yeah and he says a couple words <laughs> like dang
0: when he's doing anger cartwheels <laughs>
1: <laughs> anger cartwheels I love that
0: <laughs> yeah that's my favorite scene too dude oh, my
1: too yeah, I mean you just don't see yeah. that very often you know? I, you know dude
0: that's I mean look man I don't know about you and your kids but when Ronan's got me feeling like really stressed or I have a hard day at work I just go out on my roof and <laughs> do cartwheels <laughs> Michelangelo here, you know the master of the
1: whirling pizzas. Greetings, minions. This is Lord Crab. Hello, everybody. My name's Grayson. And you, my friend, you are listening to Turtles Forever. Brought to you by my radical dudes, Beepop and Rocksteady. <laughs> I crack myself up cowabunga doo doo and welcome to another episode of Booyah tales radio i am your host rob and join with me as always on these idw booyaka tales episodes is my main man my partner in idw crime mr zach norris how are you buddy uh wait who who is who is
0: this and what, what <laughs> a, a podcast a booyaka Kitt- i'm sorry i thought i thought this was customer service for my for my phone bill
1: yeah yeah right um uh,
0: no, uh, terrible <laughs> jokes aside, Rob. I am great. It is good to be uh, talking with you again. I um, sometimes I can't believe that we remember how to do this.
1: I know, I know. I was like, man, I did. I, I pulled a Zach Norris on that that intro. I'm like, man, one take that never happened. One take, dude. You nailed it. And, and it's been what. Five, four five months since you and I have gotten a record uh, <laughs> don't don't
0: say it out loud Rob
1: oh I'll tell you what you know it was so great when I when I went back and uh, edited our opening moves episode and I listened to it again as I was in I was like oh I miss Zach I wonder how he's doing so I, <laughs> I text you and then we started getting uh, caught up and it was right before Christmas break and we we're like oh dude we gotta get caught up on the ongoing and, and Armageddon game is, is in full swing now so dude first of all I gotta ask how was your Christmas? And do you have any New Year's resolutions this year?
0: Oh, Rob. Um,
1: <laughs> to put you on the spot.
0: No, you're good, dude. First off, um, appreciate your patience. Appre- appreciate everybody else's patience. Hope everybody had a uh, a good end to, um, to 2022 and a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year's and all that. But, dude, Christmas for me was super, super rad. It was as as you know how this goes with your two kids ronan's first christmas he was like five months old Mm -hmm. uh or no excuse me he was roughly seven months old so a seven month old opening presents (laughs) he he had no idea what was going on um but now he is 19 months old oh yeah and doesn't doesn't understand santa claus doesn't understand christmas like barely understood the christmas tree but opening presents he was much more aware like oh okay i tear this stuff off of this stuff and and there's like a thing inside so it was it was really really fun watching him uh, watching him excuse me it was really fun watching him opening presents and reacting to stuff that he was getting and playing with stuff that he was getting uh, my wife and I decided that for the, for the first time in a few years, like we weren't going to go anywhere for Christmas, um, because it was his first Christmas that he was going to be cognizant of, you know? And so, yeah, so we just wanted to have that to ourselves and kind of have those moments to ourselves. And, um, so we, so we, had a really really mellow christmas which is um uh, exactly what i needed this year um to give the to give the listeners the audience a quick uh, inside scoop the one of the reasons guys probably the main reason that you haven't heard rob and i lately is because i had a buddy who was going through some uh some tough times in life that moved in with me and kind of put like uh, a little bit of a damper on our recording schedule but also I picked up a second job because I was dealing with uh, some financial stuff in my life, and so and 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 still am. I still have a second job right now, and this second job is real early in the morning, and so during the week while I'm working two jobs, my my personal time is cut way way short, and so rob and i's time to sort things out in podcast was uh was really infringed upon so again appreciate everybody for sticking around and, and riding the wave and if you're listening to this rob and i really appreciate you but uh but christmas was really really cool dude we did end up going down to yuma for new year's for anybody who who doesn't know or doesn't remember my birthday is new year's eve so oh
1: i'm sorry happy birthday man
0: no you're good bro i appreciate you i appreciate you um it's not something that i uh i i don't i don't intentionally like keep it like oh it's it's my birthday and i'm not gonna tell anybody like it's not like that at all it's just again with ronan being the age he is and with us traveling and uh again with me being just kind of like you know personal time being uh kind of tight as it is wasn't wasn't like going out of my way to make it a thing this year Like we just went down to arizona saw my brother and his uh, his kid and saw Saw my mom and saw all my good friends and we had like a little new year's eve Uh kind of hang out and just really really kept it chill really. Um, just tried to like soak up the uh, the mellow vibes while I could and and new year's resolutions man, like I I don't really I don't try to do the new year's resolutions thing because I feel like I just end up not sticking to it, and I get <laughs> bummed out. But but I do try to use this time of year as like as definitely like a reset. Like that's just kind of the vibe of the season, right? Is like the rebirth, the restart of the year, like this reset point for you, and you move forward. And so again, like have some have some financial goals that I'm working towards. Um, definitely trying to get you know use my weekend time a little more wisely, like maximizing time with my wife and son but also you know i I want to read more and i want to write more and i uh you might get a kick out of this rob i got myself as a christmas present and birthday present to myself i got a bass guitar oh nice uh and so i'm gonna try to learn bass
1: dude um learning a new skill very nice
0: gonna try gonna try i don't know like how much again if you if if everybody's heard all the things I've just said, I don't know how much time I'm gonna have to really <laughs> dedicate you know to becoming like the next you know stellar basis or whatever but I just wanted just wanted another kind of like creative thing that I could you know tool around with and uh, kind of flex a different muscle in my brain and and learn something a little new and just have some fun and and Ronan's been getting more into like music and listening to music and and I really want to raise him in a household that uh like promotes um creativity and and promotes like exploring things and so like i want him to grow up like seeing my wife and i do things like uh you know like my wife painting and uh writing and working on some like the craft stuff she does and doing stuff in the garden uh you know and me podcasting and writing and uh, you know everybody reading and and so, just I just really want to promote like that type of of creative atmosphere because, like, I didn't really have that as a child. Uh, I had to kind of find all that stuff or discover all that stuff myself. And and occasionally here and there, my parents would be supportive of it and they'd be encouraging of it, but not not in a way that felt like they they believed in it or understood how much I loved it or understood how much it meant to me so a lot of that stuff would kind of drift in and out or just go away because I, you know, you're a kid and you kind of don't stick with things if they're not like out there in front of you. And, um, and so I just, I, I want Ronan to have that kind of stuff going on here, but, um, but long story longer, man, the end of my year was was pretty cool. How about yours? Oh, man.
1: Well, first of all, just to embarrass you further, you know, I, I commend you for working a second job, doing what you got to do, man. Dude, it... Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. You you are... You're the animal, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, life over here has been pretty good, man. It's... um. Actually, it's been great. Honestly, uh, Christmas time—I I know I've said it on uh, a previous Turtles Forever episode—but we got to spend the time at our Christmas in Disney, and it was incredible. Got to meet Darth Vader and Chewbacca at Universal. Uh, yeah, it was Universal Studios, I think it was, and it was—it was just awesome. Got to spend Christmas Day in the Magic Kingdom with my daughter. She got her little Bibbity bobbity boutique makeover. You know, she's she's four, and she just ate that up. And she wasn't going to be Princess Lyra. She wanted to be Queen Lyra. So uh, oh. I said, oh, man, I'm going to have my hands full. <laughs> yeah, you are, dude. <laughs> and you know what, dude? I am the biggest softie. Of course, you all already know that. But I saw her in the chair, and she's getting her hair done. She's got this big, poofy dress. And uh, and I just, I'm sitting there looking at her, and I'm thinking, gosh, 10, 15 years from now, she's going to be wearing a prom dress. My, my girl is going to grow up so fast right before my eyes. I said, I got to cherish this and man, talking about resolutions, my, my goal this year is just to cut a lot of the extra stuff and just spend more time at home. You know, morning time, I'm dedicating a lot of time to podcasting. I really want to, I'm going to just be as transparent as I can be. I, I wasn't happy with the show, uh, last year. I didn't get to pump okay. out near as much turtles content as I wanted to, uh, and I was kind of wishy washy with the schedule and everything. And it just it didn't feel like the show I wanted to have or the show I wanted to build, you know. Uh, yeah. And that that is not Kirkland's fault. Kirkland's been amazing. It's not obviously it's not your fault or anything like that. This is just I look back through 2022, I was like I could have given that, I could have done a little bit better with that. But I'm like, well, d- do I sacrifice family time to do that? No, heck no. But what I can do is I can change up my routine, cut, cut some of the stuff that's just distracting or a waste of time and really pour, you know, really get razor focus and be like, okay, how can I make the show better? What time do I actually have? What window do I actually have? Okay. And then hold myself accountable to it. So I've got some yeah. strategies, strategies in place. Time will tell, but I- I'm hoping that this year will be a much better year for great content for the show. Um, because I love it. I love talking turtles. 10 years later, I'm, I'm still doing it. Uh, y- you and me both, we bleed green. So I just felt like I didn't do... Absolutely, man. I, yeah, I just feel like I didn't do the turtles justice last year. And I, I want to I amend that this year. But other than that, just hanging out with family, man. That, that's that's my goal this year. And my health. I want to get back to working out every day. And um, my biggest thing, dude, Cereal. <laughs> cereal is my biggest. <laughs> Dude, I love cereal. At Eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night, I, all I want to do is pour a bowl of cereal and watch cartoons or who knows what with my family. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. I've got to build some new habits. Uh cause. Look man,
0: as as far as as far as unhealthy habits or vices go, cereal is pretty innocent, Rob. I think, you think? like even Cinnamon Toast Crunch? Yeah. Dude. Yes, dude. <laughs> if you're Rob, if you're working out every day, dude, cereal is
1: nothing. I don't know, man. Nothing, dude. I don't know. I'm looking at my gut. Um, it jiggles. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there bro, there's there's parts of me that that have never, <laughs> never jiggled before. That have that have been jiggling in the last few years, and and I'm just like, this this is just life, dude. <laughs> the, um,
1: well, that second job will probably help with that.
0: <laughs> you, you know what, dude? It, it, low key, it already has. Like, I've already noticed. Like my my shoulders have kind of like shaped back up, and my arms and my back are kind of shaped back up. And I'm just like, okay, you know, a little little bit of that uh, quarantine 15 that I put on, like. <laughs> I've kind of kind of trimmed it down and and I've been working in the winter like once it hits the summertime and we're working on these planes and stuff I'm sure I'm going to oh gosh yeah. be sweating my butt off but I did I did want to double back real quick though to the Disneyland thing man like don't don't count your your eggs before they hatch or your chickens before they hatch however that phrase goes like you know 15 years from now you might be looking at your daughter in like a leather jacket when she goes off to prom dude you never oh, know Oh
1: true true she is tough man she is That girl is fearless, so I I have, I don't know, it's so funny that how different our children are. The quick side note, it's just they're so, uh, my my son, he's more the cautious one, and my daughter is more like, yeah, free spirit. Like, here's a perfect example of that. At Disney, we're on the Slinky Dog, right? My son is terrified, and my daughter's like, I wanna do it again! Keep in mind, she's about three (laughs) years younger than he is. So.
0: (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, dude, a lot of that, like, i think you and i have talked about this before i feel like the second kids they or at least like the the homies that i have that have second kids it's almost always tracks like the second kid is more brave or a little more a little more fearless because the older sibling is showing them all these things Ah, right like good point the older sibling is is showing the example or i think it's maybe it's there's kind of like a two-part to that like Not only is the older sibling showing them the example or like setting the tone, but B, the younger sibling feels like they can be more fearless or be more uh, crazy because the older sibling is there. (laughs) Uh They know that older sibling is there like to protect them and help them. Um, This is true. Yeah. So
1: it's life, life is yin and yang, dude. Like your, your kids are, they're exactly how they're supposed to. be. Yeah. That is so true. That is so true. And, and you know, they, they both have their own personalities and, and not neither one of them is identical to, to me or my wife. So it's, it's, it's yeah. interesting how, like you said, I, I, they were born with the personalities they have. It's, it's, it's incredible, but, uh, yeah. but guys, yeah, I guess I should have probably said this about 20 minutes ago. We are actually, uh, we're IDW issue 132 today. And if we do have time, we're going to try to dive into Armageddon game number one. Uh, we may have to go summary style if we have any time to do it at all, but we'll try to see where we're at here in, a, in about an hour <laughs> and uh, kind of go from yep. there. But yeah, 132. Now, first of all, I'm not caught up at all with the series. This is the latest one I've read. Are you caught up, man? Rob. Uh, it's a dumb question. Wasn't I. It?
0: <laughs> <laughs> not as not as dumb as you may think dude because again with like this schedule change i don't get to like i don't get to just rush home on wednesday or t- or tuesday like i normally would do and read all the books and then take them back to work the next day uh so i'm i'm stashing books to read till the, until i get to the weekend i am fully caught up on turtles and boy oh boy oh boy boy is there a lot of turtles right a whole now a lot of turtles yeah a whole lot of turtles i wish i knew the scientific word for like a group of turtles like what is that is it like a i
1: don't think it's a gag family
0: or a pod oh a gaggle that'd be is it a like in in our in our turtles case it's a clan, I was gonna say clan. <laughs> yeah <Yep. laughs> but like you know like other other animals have like these really rad names for like groups of them like
1: like flock of seagulls uh, also a band
0: oh uh, okay that's a less rad example rob i'm talking about like like do you know what a group of crows is called no a group of crows is called a murder of crows wow that that's do you appropriate do you bro do you know what a group of owls is called no they're called a parliament of owls
1: wow oh, that's that's dignified
0: right <laughs> There's like and and there's all kinds of examples that I'm obviously not thinking of, or like a like a pride of lions. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. but like, there's some really good examples, and I don't know what the the turtle one is ah. if it even has one. It's probably really lame. Like, oh, there's like a group of turtles. Um,
1: <laughs> well, if it doesn't have one, we should make one up.
0: You're you're right, but I think we're already there. It's a clan of turtles. If I now see yeah. a group of two or more turtles, I'm calling them a clan. It's a turtle, specifically clan. a ninja clan. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but no dude uh, um, long story longer as always I am I am caught up on on ongoing stuff and Armageddon game stuff and it is is just as bonkers as everybody imagined it was gonna be uh, the Armageddon game issues are a little more dense than I imagine them to be. oh snap I'm getting I'm getting a note here from my producer uh, Katie overheard us talking and looked it up on her phone a group of turtles uh shout out my wife everybody uh a group of turtles is called a
1: bale of turtles oh what is it bale bale like like christian bale b-a-l-e i have never heard that in my life wow that's i've never i'm
0: 34 years old never heard this before a christian bale of turtles
1: so so is it two to make a bale
0: that's more than one i guess i would
1: assume yeah yeah or this is i don't know well we've learned something new
0: yeah, Katie gave me the definition. It's a collective noun of turtles. So, <laughs> what, whatever you think a, a collective number of turtles is, that's a bale.
1: A bale. Wow. Well, there you go. Just look at the like we're Free talking about comics, and we
0: just got. Yeah, I was gonna say we just got real educational on y'all. Some people would make <laughs> you pay for this. This is private school education material right here.
1: Absolutely, all done by uh, somebody that wasn't us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah Thank yeah. you. Shout out to your wife. He brought.
0: Brought to you by my wife, who is a teacher. So
1: yes,
0: (laughs) but no, man, Armageddon game has been just as bonkers as IDW and the team behind it said it would be. It is the issues are more dense than I thought they would be. There's so many moving pieces. It's, you know, in, and I'm talking like just, just the Armageddon game issues themselves are like dense and got uh a lot going on. And then the, the ongoing issues weaving in and out of it, they've got a ton going on. Um, I feel like, I feel like it's a little slower than I would have imagined it to be. Uh, and I, and I say that because. As you guys know we got the 2020 annual that teased the armageddon game the 2021 annual that teased the armageddon game then we had the pre-game issue that was the reprint of those annuals then we got opening moves one and then we got opening moves two so there was five comics that were essentially like prologue, and the free, and comic then one book of the day. yeah, that one. The, oh, you're right, free comic. Oh, ah, see, I didn't even remember that one. Whew. Um, the free comic book day issue, and then the the issue that we're going to talk about today, one thirty two, one thirty one, and one thirty two are also technically prologue stuff. So it's like seven issues of Turtles that are basically like one big prologue chapter. And then you get into armageddon game one man and like as as exciting as it is and kind of like breakneck as it is it still just feels like it's putting pieces together right you're getting some big you're getting some big like action moments and some big plot moments but it still just feels like at the end of the day we're just putting pieces together and i kind of wish that like by this point like by the beginning of this you know big series and and, and crossing into the ongoing i wish it felt like the pieces were already in play and that stuff was was moving along but but we'll see next next issue of armageddon game is issue four maybe that'll be the one where they like you know kind of put the stamp on it like boom everybody's here everybody's where they need to be here's like the final checkpoint before we really blast off into craziness but not not saying anything's been bad so far that anything's been lackluster I've been liking the books I've been liking the art I've been liking getting introduced to new characters and stuff uh I just just wish at times we were we were a little further along than we are but but yes, I'm caught up and and it has been a wild ride just just as wild as I'd imagined it was going to be.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. That so I went to my local comic shop, the Golden Age over in Maryville, Tennessee. Awesome shop, friendly, friendly, like the the kindest comic shop I think I've ever been to in my life. Uh, I love and, it. Until
0: oh, you come out to San Diego and uh, go to Never Comics, yes,
1: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, so I I got all the ongoings up to one thirty five, uh, and I think I picked up. No, actually, I got Armageddon game on the Comicsology. As a matter of fact, so I don't have the physicals of those because I kind of made a boneheaded mistake. I did not know that Armageddon game had its own issues because I just went by the little icon that said Armageddon game on the ongoing, and I was like, "Oh, okay, this is the actual Armageddon storyline," and I I was wrong on that. So I tried to just read the ongoing for a little while, but by the time I got to 133, I was already lost. I was like, "Wait, what is happening? Why is this character here? Where are the rest of them?" You know, I was already yeah. lost, and then I finally looked up that cheat sheet that Tom Waltz had shared many many moons ago and yeah, realized that Armageddon game had its own issues aside from the side series, mm-hmm. the alliances aside from the ongoing, it's its own thing. So yeah, I'll be honest with you. It's a uh, little intimidating to, I don't, I don't even know where it to is. start. So I yeah. guess that's what today's all about.
0: And dude, I, uh, first things first listeners. If you'll remember, I'm pretty sure Rob and I talked about Armageddon game being its own event miniseries. So, uh, feel feel free to tweet at Rob telling him how foolish he's been <laughs> yeah listen to your own um, show right <laughs> and then <laughs> and then uh, and then also Rob the the checklist for the books is in the back of each issue oh and it it is no less intimidating in the back of the book where they like check off they they kind of like check off each book almost like they're chapters that you're completing and it still just feels like holy cow. This is like a ton of stuff, and I'm pretty sure. Don't quote me on this because I want to see confirmation for this in in our system. The checklist. Let me let me reference it in the back of 132 real quick. Uh, the checklist goes up to checklist. Where are you? What the flip, David Blaine? Is there a checklist in the back of 132 or does it not start until actual Armageddon game? Son of a gun, I think it actually just starts with Oh gosh, now I gotta Now I gotta open Armageddon Game 1. <laughs> one second, guys, we're doing the important stuff here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so checklist in the back of Armageddon Game 1. It says April 2023 that the last issue of armageddon came comes out in armageddon game number 8 comes out in april 2023 if you look 2 months prior to that in february of 2023 there is a teenage mutant ninja turtles armageddon game alliance number 5 wow i'm i might have misread it somewhere or i might be misconstruing some numbers that i saw in diamond the ordering system But i could have swore i saw that they added an alliance game number six or an armageddon game alliance number six again don't quote me on that i might have just been misreading something uh, or it might have been something mistyped in diamond the the system that we use to place our orders but there there may or may not be another issue of alliance but regardless you're right rob it's it's intimidating there's a ton of it's like 24 books if you want to read every single thing coming out of armageddon game
1: oh yeah oh yeah so it's a little tricky you know times times a little limited but we do the best we can and we're hoping to eventually get caught up with this within the year for sure it's just nice to to you know get up here and talk comics with you man so Yep. yeah thought we uh we get into 132 what do you think
0: i'm ready when you are my friend
1: all right well let's do this Hello, violators. You're in Casey's comic classroom. Prepare to be schooled. So I've got the uh, I've got the cover B, the Kevin Eastman cover, and I really adore his cover. And now that I don't know if you remember this, but one of the last times we talked, you were talking about the Kirby crackle. Now I totally see it everywhere. Uh, yeah, Kevin totally, yes, see sir. It. So, you know, it shows the turtles in the cover here um, uh, walking through the streams in, these, in the thin places here. And you see a bunch of the Kirby Crackle and the little spirit orbs all around. Uh, and, and I love how you can see Orokusaki all the way in the distance in the shadows. Uh, really, really cool. I'll read the inside cover and, and do the specs if you want to take us away there, my friend. Sounds good to me, buddy. Okay. So here's the story so far recently the teenage mutant ninja turtles and their allies learned of a sinister plot orchestrated by the rat king to spread chaos across all creation the bears of this apocalyptic message none other than the turtle's greatest enemy oroku saki the twice resurrected ninja warlord formerly known as the shredder having reformed from his villainous ways oroku saki has spent months trying to be a better man but despite the purity of his intentions some of the Splinter Clan remain suspicious of him. At the behest of Leonardo, the other turtles agreed to train with Saki in the Mystic Arts, if only temporarily. Now, Saki has taken the turtles under wing, hoping there is time to prepare for the coming war. All right. Story consultings by Kevin Eastman and Tom Waltz. Story has been done by Sophie Campbell. Art by Pablo Tunica. Colors by Rhonda Patterson. Letters by Sean Lee. Editorial assistant on this one was Nicholas Nino and the editor is Charles Beecham. And uh, with that, I'll turn it over to you, man.
0: All right, guys, I absolutely loved 131 and 132. Uh, excuse me, as you guys will hear, if I ever getting or get around to editing our uh, episode where we cover 131, I really, really enjoyed that issue really really enjoyed the mix of like old school martial arts movie meets like horror movie uh sophie campbell's story just firing on all cylinders and then the pablo tinica art just like really really matching tonally really really driving at home and so we pick up you know basically right where 131 left off leonardo training and he's out in the woods and things are looking kind of surreal everything's shaded in this kind of trippy blue color And a voice is talking to him and says, Leonardo, what are you doing here? And we see that this voice is coming from Dark Leo, who we all know from the City Fall arc where he was brainwashed by Kitsune. And in 131, uh, Shredder's teaching him this technique that allows him to kind of tap into Dark Leo, to uh, utilize him as like, maybe not an avatar is the right word, but to kind of channel that side of himself to use it in in the upcoming battle and so actual leo looks looks scared he looks nervous he looks unsure of himself and dark leo tells him what were you thinking how could you lead your family into the hands of your greatest enemy and we'll see here like you turn the page and things get kicked up a notch he's now fighting this version of himself and dark Leo says how could you trust him after everything he's done and Leo says it's what our father wanted dark Leo says how could you be so naive and so stupid to think Shredder would ever be on your side you're supposed to be looking out for your family you're supposed to be their leader catches a nasty headbutt here as he falls back over a tree stump uh, or a root of a tree dark Leo says but over and over again you keep leading them down all the wrong paths And so again we're seeing this as you know this this manifestation of dark leo that Hirokusaki saki is trying to teach leonardo to harness but i think there's also an interesting aspect of that that is sophie campbell again playing with the idea that the turtles are battling their demons and and healing from the trauma that they've been through throughout these you know stories that we've been reading all these years And dark Leo is apparently something that Leo is still grappling with to this day. And not only is he grappling with dark Leo, but he's grappling with the, uh, the idea that, you know, am I a good leader? Am I a good brother? Am I doing what's right for my family? And so I love seeing that manifest in this, uh, like, you know, fight scene with dark Leo, these different aspects of himself.
1: Another thing I love about it is these are all valid points that Dark Leo is bringing up. So this makes me think maybe this is the other side of Leo's consciousness here, you know, thinking oh, this is crazy. I can't believe I'm walking around with Shredder. This guy killed us once. <laughs> you know, you totally. know. of course, it was, it was a, li- a couple lifetimes ago for both of them, but still that happened. And here we are supposed to trust him now. And of course, we as the readers, we know that Shredder seems to be... Uh, sincere in everything he's doing, but the turtles, they're still suspicious, understandably so. So, you know, everything that Dark Leo is saying is valid, but, you know, I like what happens with the real Leo a little bit later on and how he learns to kind of channel that Dark Leo and, and the doubts and insecurities he might have.
0: Yeah, thousand percent, man. So we we catch back up with the crew and Roku Saki, and he's telling them more about the mystic arts that he's been showing them He says, the path of the mystic arts is not easily undertaken, but you are all progressing well. The first step of learning the Kujikiri is twofold. The first cut Rin and the second cut Pio or Pio. This will involve the construction of talismans called Gofu. Gofu are objects imbued with spirits whose power can be called upon. In ancient shinobi sorcery, these talismans were used as a bridge between the practitioner and the spirit world. And again i absolutely adore this stuff like tapping into like the mysticism and kind of history and all this like stuff that we don't in my opinion don't see enough of in ninja turtles but like you know traces all the way back to the original comics and the original movie where these guys are like meditating by the campfire and and, you know calling upon their father like this this is stuff that's all been there it's just never really been like brought out to the forefront you know. Uh, Orokusaki continues and says this thin place is an entrance to the spirit world teeming with magic that will aid in kujikiri mastery. This is where your next steps on the mystic path will be taken. Donatello says, "What are these creatures?" Oroku Saki tells him they're spirits. But first, keep in mind the five elements to which the mystic arts and nature itself are tied. This shape is the Gobusei, the bell flower, representing the five elements. Arranged in this formation, Gofu will act as a focus to channel energy. Now, by constructing your Gofu from the natural elements you find in this mystic forest, you will create a link between yourself and the spirit world, just as the ancient Shinobi once did. Uh, so Rob, I'll finish off this page and then you can start with page five. Um Orokusaki says the talismans must reflect your true selves so that they will tether your spirit Rin the first cut is strength and confrontation it is courage and stealing oneself for what will be confronted it is the first step in readying yourselves for the rat king's machinations the second cut Pio is the soldier and to channel it is to maintain focus and fortitude it is channeling your will during great tests of endurance and I love these panels here as the turtles are are using uh, nature and vines and foliage and these you know mystic uh, kind of crystals they found to to basically do some like ninja arts and crafts, <laughs> <laughs> um, they are constructing these talismans as Oroku Saki called them, and I love that they're they're all in one way shape or form kind of like they're they're reflections of the turtles, but also kind of like, I don't know. There, there's just something really cool about them. Like as silly as Rafs is it's just like his crystal stuck in the mud. It's like,
1: <laughs> that would be mine.
0: You, you know, it's, it's mud and sticks. And I think that's funny. Like, you know, sometimes when people are being grumpy, you say like, Oh, that dude's like a stick in the mud. You know, it's like, Oh, it's kind of rough. You know what I mean? <laughs> so his is like sticks and mud. I don't have that much of a, uh, I guess is like a maybe a thoughtful connection to the other ones except maybe you know we've seen leonardo guardi- gardening time and time again throughout sophie's run and his you know has a lot more uh like vines oh, and, yeah. and different yeah. types of leaves and then um you know Jenica's with the skull is pretty cool looking and then don't know if i'm reading into this more than i should uh or if this is intended but you know mikey's talisman kind of ends up taking this shape like it it's got like a kind of a, a human or or like person shape to it and the crystal is at the at the figure's heart like it's at its center i thought that was interesting because we've always talked about uh, michelangelo feeling like he's the the heart of the team like he's the 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 one that holds all these guys together he's the the moral compass uh so to speak and so i thought that was cool that his talisman Appears to kind of be a reflection of that, oh, um, and with that, Rob, you can uh, you can keep it moving, man.
1: All right, yeah, and, and this is a dense page that you just went through. That was what thirteen panels on just page four. You know, the turtles yeah. as they're constructing this thing for the uh, the bellflower. All of a sudden, the uh, this what is that? What were they called? The spirit. I guess it's just the flying spirits that are around. But but this this part down here kind of confused me a little bit. So each of these five drawings, I'm sure there's something the turtles represent. But are they supposed to actually be faces of something here? I, this is the part I was always a little confused about.
0: Um, I'm not sure, dude. Like when they when they transform into the little rocks on yeah. the next page, um, they definitely they look like they have faces. They look like you know, I don't want to say like a character or anything, but they. They they seem to have very face like like I I took that as they are transforming into like little stones or little talismans that the yeah. the turtles are gonna wear or or like keep on their person in some way shape or form, um, but they yes they do appear to have faces.
1: Okay, gotcha, gotcha. All right, so Saki, you know he's kind of explaining all this to him. He goes, over the past few days, you've all reached a place of mental and spiritual readiness. Normally, one would progress to this third cut, but in this case, we'll move on to the fifth cut. Michelangelo goes, because there's five of us, right? He goes, yes and no. So as it's uh, you know getting late, he starts to explain. Five elements, and yes, you are five, and chi is cut number five. Numerology is powerful, but it's also a matter of the, the best way, as a group and individuals, to learn these techniques. Now, I'll just go ahead and say this now, I absolutely love what Rhonda Patterson did here. These color shifts that you see in each page, they're all a little different, especially when each turtle's going through their training. It's really neat to see the contrast in all the colors we see here. So you flip the page. Saki's standing, uh, standing up, instructing the turtles some more. He goes, Kai means all and with everyone. It will allow each of you to sense if the others are in danger. It will bind you together. Always. Now, you must train apart before coming back together. Come, Leonardo. As the Chunin, you will be first. And I really like this one-on-one with uh, Saki here. And that's basically what he does with most of the turtles. He, he meets with them one-on-one, talks specifically about maybe their, their strengths or, the, or maybe their weaknesses and how to, tr- to channel those in a certain way with a certain move. Leonardo, you have a singular focus and self-control. So he's talking about his strengths here. You learn best through perseverance and sheer will. I will teach you Shah, the fourth cut, against a foe and healing. It's, it may seem contradictory, but you must reconcile the two concepts into one when the time comes. So Leonardo, he puts this into practice and this cut into practice and he starts levitating from the ground here. He says, I understand. It's to shield my spirit from my dark self while I inhabit him or maybe it's he flipped the page close-up shot here and you see it like a shadow of darkly in the distance he inhabits me Sasaki's so on a cliff here still talking oh excuse me now he's talking to Michelangelo he goes Michelangelo you learn best through your connection with others you observe others and learn most effectively when in a group this is the third cut toe Harmony, battle. Or maybe it's two, I'm not sure. I think, I think it's toe. Gotcha. And Michelangelo goes, but how can it mean both harmony and battle? Those seem like opposites. So once again, it seems like they're contradictory, but they're really not. He's like, they, they can be, but there is a certain harmony to conflict. And as they're battling, you see that Michelangelo is starting to kind of pick up his rhythm and block Saki's attacks. Saki says, you will create harmony when there is none both in battle and in peace. Now I'll do one more page and I'll turn right back over to you, buddy. Sweet. So now there's a one-on-one with Jenica here. And I love the contrast once again. So we kind of got like the sunrise, the orangey sunrise with Michelangelo. Now we're getting kind of a a farmland kind of contrast here. So Saki's training with Jenica. Saki says, Jenica, you're a musician. You understand melody. That notes are just moments that form a longer arrangement. Kujikiri is the same. These techniques are notes that string together to form something bigger. And I just love that panel with the farmhouse in the background, or the farm, I should Mm -hmm. say. This is Zai, the seventh cut, to appear, to create. Individual movements arranged differently create different compositions. And with this technique, you can create falsehoods or expose truths. So in that last panel on page nine, we see this, I don't know what you would call it, like a spirit of Jenica facing herself, almost like she's looking at herself in a mirror, but it's her spirit. And again, with this technique, you can create falsehoods or expose truths. I'd be interested to see exactly what that means for her. Uh, and then you just flip the page and pretty interesting page here for you, man.
0: Yeah, this is a, a really killer two pages right here. Love love the like broken or kind of torn panels um some some Mm -hmm. really cool stuff really really great work from uh Pablo Tunica here uh but it is Leo facing off against dark Leo and dark Leo says how could trusting Shredder ever be the right way to defeat the Rat King and Saki tells him Leonardo listen to me this is not about overcoming your foe remember you must stand against this is about controlling your foe leo pulls his sword out and says a katana is also an instrument of control and i absolutely love that panel of leo holding the katana like uh that is really really killer dark leo says why are you listening to him and saki says use the threat of injury to distract your foe and use their disrupted focus to manipulate their movements leo says i think i understand maneuver my foe in a direction i want him to move the Katana the Katana is not just a sharp edge and Leo sa- or dark Leo says you're being careless with your family's lives is this really what your father meant playing right into your enemy's hands and Leo grabs him by the arm sweeps his uh, sweeps his feet out from underneath him and you turn the page and we cut to uh, Saki training Donnie and Raph um, in training Donnie in in this river here and again just just love this type of stuff man like again it's like Sophie and Pablo just borrowed this from you know whatever cool old martial arts movie where it's like oh you want to learn to flow with the river Rob you, you want to <laughs> be strong in the current but move with it not fighting like that type of stuff you know what I mean yes and uh so Saki's telling Donatello he says rote memorization is your most effective way to learn would you agree and Donnie says without a doubt list charts repetition I know what this is already Retsu control of space and time to move in a row Saki says yes the seventh cut I'm impressed Donatello and in the next panel you see Donatello manifest like the the spirit version of himself he says ever since venus and my astral plane experience all this mysticism seems so much clearer to me i still don't quite understand it but i feel like i'm on my way already we cut over to Saki training with raphael and he tells him i've come to understand that you're motivated most by your drive to right wrongs raphael you make a mistake you learn from that mistake this is gene the eighth cut Information to prepare reading of thoughts. To win the coming fight, you will need to connect with your enemy. Walk with them. You can no longer act before learning about your enemy. What do you sense? And he says, I sense I sense you. He says, you really do just want to help us. I think I get it now. And I think that's, I, I don't know how much thought sophie and the team put into these powers for each turtle and like what each uh kind of ability means for each turtle but i think raf having this ability to to see truth in people to like read their minds essentially is such a cool way of turning like kind of raff's personality on its head where like like saki says like or, or he says without saying basically like Raf, you're impulsive. You're hot-headed. You don't think things through sometimes. You don't let, uh, you know, you don't let a situation play out before you make a decision. So here's this thing I'm going to teach you that will help you to be better prepared, that will help you to slow things down and like take them as they are instead of jumping, a, jumping to a conclusion and treating it how you like first see it. And that's so cool. Like that's such a again, like just such a sweet little idea instead of being like, Oh, Raf, you're the angry one. So I'm going to teach you this thing that makes you way stronger. So you can use your anger to be like, you know, the incredible Hulk, like, it's the opposite of that. It's like, I'm going to give you this power that that kind of slows you down that settles your mind and like, really helps you be an asset to the team and and I love that I think it's really it's really cool it's really smart it's intuitive and again like helps helps flesh out you know these these characters that we know and love while also you know adding more depth and dimension to them I will uh I'll take these last two pages Rob and then you can you can go from there because I I have a feeling I have a feeling you like the uh, the next few pages. <laughs>
1: well, I'll tell you what I like uh, real quick. I do love the Raph scene. And I love the first thing that Saki says to him. He goes, I've come to understand that you're most motivated by your drive to right wrongs, Raphael. You you make a mistake. You learn from that mistake. I You know, I always thought about that with Raph, especially in the IDW run, especially after everything that happened with the mutant, mutagen bomb and yeah. how he felt so responsible for that. Uh, I I just love that. I guess I saw that he had a lot of regrets, but the way Saki puts it that, hey, he's motivated by his drive to right wrongs, that makes so much sense because he wanted to be the enforcer, right? He wanted, after Mutant Town, he wanted to be the one that try to clean up the streets, try to help people and and, uh, protect people to right those wrongs. And he's probably been working really, really hard to do that. He can't change the fact that he's mutated people, but, or at least played a part in it, but he can change his, his attitude toward people and protect them. And I just, I love that about Raph. That's not something you see very often.
0: No, you're absolutely right, dude. So we've got Leo facing off with Dark Leo again. He's got him back up, backed up to like a little hill or kind of small cliffside. And Leo says, I get it now. Dark Leo says, don't be a fool this isn't the right way and leo says yes it is and dark leo stumbles off this little cliff and he's kind of trapped in like a hole and leo says you'll stay there until i need you and rob you can Mm. take it from here
1: all right all right i like that scene too yeah where he's kind of managing dark leo that's neat oh oh gosh yeah are you sure you don't want this scene this is good it's all you, player. Okay, all right. So this is a great scene here. So this is a nice nod to the first movie and, of course, the campfire scene. It's one of my favorites in in the first movie. Uh, I think that is that is my favorite scene in the first movie, aside from, the, of course, the rooftop scene. But let me shut up and read it first, and then I, I've got a couple things I want to say about it. Okay.
0: Oh, Rob, your your favorite scene from the 1990 movie is when Raft's doing cartwheels on the roof? <laughs>
1: and he says a couple words <laughs> like dang
0: when he's doing anger cartwheels <laughs>
1: <laughs> anger cartwheels i love that
0: <laughs> yeah that's my favorite scene too dude
1: oh my too yeah i mean you just yeah. don't see that very often you know dude and, you that's,
0: know? that's i mean look man i don't know about you and your kids but when ronan has got me feeling like really stressed or i have a hard day at work i just go out on my roof and I do <laughs> cartwheels
1: me too. After a really hard class, I just go outside in the parking lot. And I do anchor cross. They're like, "Hey, what is Mister Luther doing out there?" Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm like, God, I'm, gonna, I, I'm imagining you now, like doing cartwheels in the parking lot, and, but then like getting hit by a car, and they're like, "Oh my God, Rob, I'm so sorry." And you're like, "It's all right. I'm totally fine. Just, just, I'm totally fine."
1: Is like, can I do a cartwheel off this bus? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so the, uh, the, the turtles are, the five turtles, they're around this fire here, and they each have their stones in front of them, uh, actually on each petal of the bellflower. Uh, Saki, he says here, you are all ready to face what lies ahead. It's time to learn the ninth cut, Zen, to move forward. So as the turtles have their eyes closed here, Saki continues, I know this has been difficult for you. Given who I am, and what I've done to all of you. So I thank you all for allowing me in. And as the turtles kind of shut their eyes, they see that the fire is beginning to change color from the base of it. My time with you here in this wilderness has meant so much to me. I know many things are uncertain for you right now, and the future seems grim. But one thing I do know for certain is and then all five turtles open their eyes in shock. And then the next page, page 17, we see Splinter in the blue flames, just like the movie here. And I love that Saki's overlaying this. So it's, it's, it's like the movie and it's not because you got Saki saying everything here. And I want to come back to something he said in a minute, but great scene. Saki says that your father would be so proud of you and what you've all become. And then we see this projection of, of Splinter here, and Splinter finally gets to talk to them. So you, you got to put this into perspective. To my knowledge, I think this is the first time, 32 issues later, that they've talked to Splinter. Is that right? Except for maybe Donatello and the Astro Plane? I mean, it's um, the first time I think all five have.
0: And, dude, and does he even say anything to him? I don't remember that. I don't remember 128 now, like. Do do Yoshi and Donnie communicate with each other or do they just see each other?
1: Well, I remember the hug. And I remember, remember Dottel saying, I miss you so much. Oh, I don't okay. know if Saki said anything back. Or excuse me, um, Yoshi said anything back. Right. I don't really remember. I just remember the scene. But I think this is the first time all five turtles have been able to experience this together. And I think that makes this really special. Yeah, man. So Splinter says... Saki is right. I am proud of you and all that you've accomplished without me. Here we get, you can already see it. Donatello's kind of welling up. Janica's kind of in shock. I mean, I love Michelangelo. He's got like a single tear coming down. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they can't believe their eyes that they're, at, they're actually experiencing this together. Yoshi continues, Together, you've learned the final and greatest truth of the ninja. A lesson that I'd hoped to teach you myself. The truth is, the force that brought me here tonight, the same force that binds us all together, together you are powerful. Draw upon one another, even when you are apart. So the turtles, they don't want to let go. You can so see it in their face. And they want to say so much more. You flip the page, and I'll read this last one. I'll, I'll let you take it from there, man. The turtles are crying. Father, don't go, Leonardo says. And Michelangelo shouts one last thing. We miss you. Yoshi says, I miss you as well, but never forget that I love you all. And then the fire's just back down to a regular fire now. And the turtles just kind of stare there in disbelief. Donatello's really, uh, or Leonardo's really taking it hard. Uh, They all are. And I love the panel in the middle with uh, Michelangelo and Raph just hugging each other. Donnie's putting his arm on Leo's shoulder. Jenica's kind of in the background and we see the smoke rise from the mountains and the turtles finally make their way. So one thing I'll say about that real quick. I love that splinter is basically, if they had any closure they needed to get, I feel in, in in some ways they got it tonight and it took 32 issues, but they, they've gotten it. Yeah. Hey, 32 issues. That's what over 2 years worth of comics or close to yeah. it. Yeah. It's almost yeah, 3 more. years, man. Yeah, actually more. So, we've been waiting for something like this for quite some time. And I'm glad they didn't take the cheap way out and somehow resurrect Splinter. I love that it's this way.
0: Yeah. I I honestly, dude, I feel like I mean, we're we're getting these story beats because Armageddon Game is on the horizon from these issues, but I I wonder if if Armageddon game wasn't happening, like, could we, could we have seen more of this? Could we see, could we have seen like two or three pages of, you know, conversation with with spirit, spirit splinter. uh, Sophie will
1: be able to tell us. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah only only sophie knows but yeah i really really love those pages love that they call back to the 90 movie but with with their own uh twist their own flair to it some some really really great pages
1: yeah oh and one last thing i was gonna say is what yoshi said i thought was really interesting too he said something like i know this has been difficult for you given who i am and what i've done to all of you my time with you here in this wilderness has meant so much to me so it's almost like he gets closure too like hey my job here i i know he's going to be fighting alongside the turtles but really like it almost feels like i feel like i've been given a second chance uh and that means so much to me that you all gave me the second chance you know absolutely the, man the sons of of yoshi so i i like that it's kind of like he gets his own redemption scene there too which is neat never seen before yeah, def-
0: definitely, I would say a big a big closure moment for him, like knowing knowing what Yoshi did to help bring him back, knowing that he's been like kind of secretly keeping an eye on the turtles all this time, and now getting to interact with them and teach them. And even though they're hesitant about it, and even though they may still be a bit wary and like not, not, a, I guess, 100% on board with it, but like, For the most part they've they've embraced him as a as a mentor and as a teacher and i think for him and his relationship with yoshi that yoshi's sons after all he's put them through being open-minded enough and you know being open-hearted enough to accept him at this point in their lives like he's really touched by that and i i think it's really really rad
1: Oh, absolutely! And then he got to be there for that moment and just see how much, you know, Yoshi meant to them as well. And keep in mind, you know, two lifetimes ago, Yoshi and uh, Saki they were best friends. I mean, so I'm sure he's got some ties to him as well. But uh, totally, yeah, man. I'll quit rattle on and let you uh, close it out, man.
0: All right, dude. So, the turtles make their way back to the uh, to the farmhouse, and Leo's asking Jenny, like, "Jenny, you okay?" Jenny says, "I don't know." I guess so. The barn still isn't fixed. You know, I still think about that day all the time. I didn't know you were one of those foot assassins Koya brought. And Jenica says, "Yeah, my first mission. Crazy, huh?" And Leo says, "Last summer we actually did a lot of the work on the barn, but other than that, it's been little by little whenever there's time." And Jenny says, "I'll help. I'll help next time." Leo says, "Definitely when you have the definitely when you have damage that severe." It just takes some time to get it all fixed and i think that's a little bit of like it's a little little of a a nod to to everything that we've been reading with the turtles like physical damage but also mental and emotional damage like when you've when you've got all this stuff inside you that you need to get fixed it just takes some time to work through it
1: i was going to say i don't think it's any coincidence that when you turn the page to finish that line it just takes some time to get it all fixed First character, in my eyes immediately went to is Saki, you yep. know. and of course the turtles as well, but here here's a guy that has completely done a 180. <laughs> it's taken some time to get it all fixed, but it happened, and I, and I love yep. that, you know, it's pretty interesting,
0: thousand percent, man. So the uh, the turtles approach Saki, and he says, "Are you all ready?" And Leo says, "Yes," and Saki says, "Then let's go," and he opens up a portal. And I wish he would have snuck in a line saying it's time to go back, but um, they, oh yeah, <laughs> he uh, he teleports them out to the front of their uh their former um, church hideout, and he says it's time to gather the others with a uh, editor's box that says to be continued in the Armageddon game number one, that's and that's the end right. of one thirty two
1: awesome issue i really enjoyed this one
0: love these issues dude one 131 and 132 back to back like two two issue little arc just just so so perfect so good
1: yeah and and i think i don't know there, there was something else i wanted to say about it. i did take notes on it. i gotta look back you know it's funny i took about two pages of notes longhand and i didn't look at it at all <laughs> <laughs> I took notes. On, I took notes on all the cuts and everything, and all these in, interesting talking points I was going to try to talk about, and I didn't look at it at all. But yeah, I wrote down. Okay, page nineteen, Leo. When you have when you have damage that severe, it just takes time to get it all fixed. I said beautifully said and beautiful cut to Saki. No coincidence that Leo and Saki are the on the last panels. Both have had such dark pasts. But yeah, oh, I love it. I love it. Yep. I, it's it's almost like I kind of wish there was more moments like that before Armageddon game,
0: you know? <laughs> Dude, I I could I could read a whole arc of this. I could read like if they if they just wanted to do like a spin-off mini like a, a four-issue mini series of the turtles just out in the woods doing ninja stuff, training with each other, like I love that type of stuff. The these two issues like they're they're just so like reminiscent of some of my favorite bits of turtles media, you know, like the the 1990 movie with the campfire scene and the training montage, and then the um, the 2012 TV show where they have this the Vision Quest episode, it's or Vision Quest or Spirit Quest, I can't remember, where like leo's hurt and they're out at the farmhouse and they go out into the woods and oh this the mystic
1: quest one or no
0: mystic quest yeah something like that it's some kind of quest and like it's it's that same idea man like they're they're getting back in touch with nature and getting back in touch with their ninja roots and like you see each turtle kind of deal with their own thing and then they come back together and they're stronger ready you know ready to go get it um and and i absolutely love that episode of the show And so again, it's, it's just cool seeing another, uh, I guess another notch in that belt of like the, the turtles being out at Northampton reconnecting and really driving home that like kind of mystical layer of, of being a ninja.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it books like these, you know, have so much heart to them. And I think that's the thing I've loved about Sophie Campbell's work ever since she started after 100, is there's so much heart in every storyline. Another thing about this particular issue I liked is the fact that there's, there's such a contrast between each turtle and some of the panels like you brought out earlier. Some of the panels are just your classic you know, box panels, rectangle panels. Some are torn to shreds and everything, kind of representing maybe the demons they have to face or the dark past they might have to face and the chaos of it all. I, I just like the way it the art um, was... Perfectly aligned with uh, what each turtle had to go through. I don't know. Just really, really enjoyed these last two issues a lot. Pretty much the last five issues, honestly.
0: Really, man. It's one of those things where, you know, sometimes, sometimes you can have a writer who's like at the peak of their game, right? Like Sophie mm-hmm. is for for thirty plus issues now. Sophie's just been giving us, you know, like great arc after great arc. And like we talked about before, like some, I like more than others. Mm -hmm. And, and, and that's, that's just comic books in general. Right. But like the ones where she's really, really, you know, like, like a well oiled machine, like really hitting the beats, really like connecting the dots, whatever, you know, kind of cool phrase you want to use, it always helps great writing when there's great art that a not only is like fun and nice to look at but b like nails the tone of what's happening in that arc because in in turtle comics and comics in general dude like couldn't tell you how many times that like either the art's been really good for like a lackluster story or there's been a really good story that has like you know, kind of like mediocre, just kind of like serviceable art. But when you read a book and it's a great story and the art is not only great, but like matches the vibe of the story, when those things are like working so well together, like, I know it may, might sound dumb to say because we're talking about comics, but it, it doesn't always work like that. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I I work at a comic shop now and i couldn't tell you how many books i've read where i've been like like yeah i I really like the writing of this but like the the art is just kind of like same same type of art i see you know in book after book week after week but every once in a while you get something where it's like man this writer is at the top of their game and not only is this artist bringing in great art but it's like it's the right artist the right writer and the right type of story yeah and and i think these couple issues or like these handful of issues between sophie and pablo tunica were like pablo like excels i think at this kind of like loose flowy um like maybe even like slightly awkward kind of style like some of his like shapes and body compositions are a little weird or not necessarily traditional and it works so good in like the scarier creepier issues that he was doing and now in this issue where it's like it's kind of mystical and like martial arts you know influence like he does great backgrounds like that top panel on the last page where you got Saki in the foreground sitting on some old farm equipment and then the farmhouse like up on the hill behind him like that's a really sweet background that could be really lackluster in this scene and it and it looks so good the the panel where donnie and saki are in the water with like the kind of you know like the the small like rocky rapids behind them like all that stuff is so so good and it's just an example of like writer doing their best stuff artist doing their best stuff and and the the vibe and the tone matches and really just takes stuff from being like a solid like kind of just like yeah this is a good comic to being like Damn, I love these issues.
1: Yeah, I know. When you, when you see that all kind of cohesive like that, it just really makes you appreciate it, you know. And, and I think it it's been so weird. It's it's a tale of two it feels like a tale of two worlds. You've got the first 100 uh, and it had its own style, its own feel, great story arcs. I mean, they were amazing. And then you've got the last 35 now. Uh, of a completely what feels like different world but yet the heart's still there the story's still there the the pacing is slower but i think in a good way um but now it has revved back up you know in times where it was necessary it's cool to see the the dichotomy of both and how they've somehow worked together i don't know I, i i guess what i'm trying to say is it's awesome (laughs) <laughs> she does such a great job, and she has. And I'm not just saying this because she she does listen to our show. She has become my favorite writer for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
0: Uh, oh snap!
1: Yeah, I've said it. I've I've told her that too. <laughs> I said oh, I've never cried from a turtle snap. book till till her. So <laughs> there you go. That
0: is, I mean, I I will admit, uh, Slash's slash's death got me. Oh yeah, that's what that's is issue was that ninety. The candy bar 90? scene, remember? Oh, the candy bar scene. Yeah, don't remind me, dude. I know. I'm I so could sorry. I couldn't couldn't eat candy bars for a week after <laughs> that. <laughs> now
1: what, what what kind of candy gar candy bar did he like? I can't remember. Was it Kit Kat?
0: I don't remember. I don't know if they can actually say like oh, a branded gotcha. one. Gotcha. Um I feel like the art made it look like a Snickers, but oh. I don't I don't know. Also, maybe he he's a big mutant turtle maybe he just liked any kind of chocolate this is true
1: but if it was a snickers bar, that would make sense because you know you know when when they don't have a snickers are really grumpy
0: so. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know um so. hey slash you're not yourself when you're hungry
1: <laughs> yeah uh all right guys well that um leads us into the armageddon game um issue one here so <laughs> i remember last time we we uh we're trying to record i'm reading my comic here and i'm like wait a minute i don't have this book so i had to scramble and read it in 20 minutes before we were going to record and yeah it was dense it was like speed reading to get it done <laughs> but, some hefty issues yes hefty issues you are not kidding so guys i apologize you know maybe next time we can go page by page but since it's so late in the evening we're just going to go ahead and summarize most of this issue but yeah this is Armageddon game number one i'll go over the specs here so the story obviously done by tom waltz art right, was by Vin- vincenzo federici federici
0: yeah federici i federici. would
1: say uh colors by matt herms letters by sean lee Editorial assistant by Nicholas Nino, and the editor once again is Charles Beecham. From what I remember here, uh, the Rat King is having a conversation with Aka about Kitsune.
0: Um, She, uh, Rat King is calling out Aka because she said she wasn't going to get involved, but then Aka's like, oh, well, says, like, you, you know, you've been spying on everybody and he says no it's not really like that it's just you know opening moves have been made any more cheating and he says now dear sister let the game truly begin uh, it's it's kind of basically them just saying like
1: yeah yeah uh, i think it's just them just basically saying hey i'm on to you no i'm on to you
0: <laughs> yeah that, that's actually that's a good way that's a good way to put it dude that's a, ex, that's exactly what i would say is like a cause checking up on kitsune Rat King shows up, and they're both kind of like, hmm, so you're you're keeping an eye on things. Oh, you're keeping an eye on things? Well, okay.
1: <laughs> Fair enough.
0: Well, Game now on. that we're keeping an eye on things, let the games begin. Yeah. Let the
1: games begin, yes. So, uh, so okay, this is where maybe you can help me out a little bit. So, uh, Oroku Saki and Karai are having a conversation here. Now, did I miss something? Because we hadn't seen Karai in, in quite some time, and uh now she is agreeing to fight with the turtles now i know she left the turtles on good terms um Uh after the future lita story arc or excuse me no that was it yeah with um token razar yeah so i i know that she would probably side with the turtles but um did i miss something was there an alliance issue i didn't read no, you're good, dude.
0: the um, The alliance issue is uh, takes place after this and is basically Karai kind of like her seeing what's going on, and she she tries to track uh, she tries to track down those uh, clone turtles. and In the course of that, she kind of uh, she kind of like realizes something for herself, and she like gets a she gets a plan.
1: Right. I gotcha. Or an,
0: or an idea for a plan.
1: Okay, so that makes sense. So now, you know, Karai, she, she's agreed to partner with Saki and the Turtles here. And that's when we get a cutaway to Donatello looking at... Okay, so this is an intercom where he's looking at Planet Neutrino. Donatello's like, hey, this we're going to need your help, guys. We're going to actually go ahead and uh, beam your way because we have... We've got a big favor to ask. And, you yeah. know, this part of the issue... First of all, let me just say the art is gorgeous. Uh, the I artist, do
0: love this artist, yeah. Yes,
1: it is doing an incredible job. And it's great to see all these different villains kind of combining here. So we see Zodi and, um, oh, what's the other guy's name? Kara? Kira? Uh,
0: Krisa. Krissa, thank K- you. Yeah, K-R-I-S-A.
1: Yes. Maybe so Krisa? See, I don't know. Krisa, yeah. So they're, they're fighting against uh, Krang and Leatherhead right now just to calm Leatherhead down because Leatherhead's still trying to rebel against Krang here. Uh, so that's kind of an interesting scene here with uh, Null Industries. But basically the Turtles are going to try to see if the Neutrinos will partner with them. So going back to what I was trying to say, there's a lot of dialogue for basically the Neutrinos to say, sorry, we, we can't really help, but you we'll just at least send Kala and Zach with you They'll do the best they can to help you out a little bit, but unofficially, yeah. we cannot help you. But I guess yep. before we even get to that, is the uh, the big fight scene between uh, Zodi, Chrisa, and Leatherhead here, which is a pretty cool scene. The layouts are fantastic in this, and I love how Krissa's trying to strangle Leatherhead, but Leatherhead, he's one strong croc. So
0: no, these are these are definitely some action-packed panels. It was good seeing like a big. Uh, a big fight, you know, in the first handful of pages because everything is just like, hey, I'm mystical person talking to you and I'm mystical person talking to you. And then we cut <laughs> over here and it's like, hey, here's the turtles. Here's the guys that we want to see fight all these bad guys. So what are we going to do? Not fight all these bad guys. We're going to send them off to go find more good guys. <laughs> then we catch up and, the, and then there's a fight scene and who's fighting? The bad guys are fighting each other. But they... They're trying to uh and I, I knew this squirmy chump would show back up eventually, but they um they're trying to capture Leatherhead. They're not trying to kill him or anything. They're trying to capture him so that they can get Krang out of out of him. And who else are they going to um to, or who are they going to to get Krang out of Leatherhead? None other than uh, Dr. Barlow, uh, which we will which we'll find out later. But Mikey and Shredder and Leo get teleported over to Planet Neutrino in Dimension X. Mikey's hyped. Everybody's hyped to see the Neutrinos, to see the King. Mikey's hyped to see the Princess. And like Rob said, they ask for assistance that they kind of have to politely uh politely decline and they they cut back over we we jump back over to null laboratories or null industries what is it called uh, Or I no excuse me asking. we're at an we're at a earth protection force command facility and rat king is meeting up with null and leather Krang, who is unconscious from the the sting from uh zodi and um they're talking about next stages in the plan like what baxter stockman's doing what the clone turtles are doing and barlow's like oh cool you brought me this big crocodile with a brain in its stomach i can't wait to get started uh and what does old girl say um oh we find out that like one of Madame knoll's main um kind of inspirations or motivations in this is she wants access to dimension x and dimension z because she feels like you know the more more of these places that she has uh access to the more places she can uh kind of create a market for with these things that she's trying to make at null industries and you know just more people that she can use and abuse to to make money and gain power and so you're seeing a little bit of like it's like a meeting of the minds for the bad guys minus Baxter Stockman, and you're kind of seeing everybody's inspirations and motivations. And Doctor Barlow is just like, "Yeah, I'm a weirdo, and I just want to cut this brain out of this crocodile." Like, let's go. <laughs>
1: That's all he wants. That's all he wants.
0: It's all he wants. He's just a little weirdo that just wants to do pretend surgeries and stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. I but, love um, the next scene though. That this is probably my favorite scene in the whole book with uh, Herman. Yep. Yes, I love this scene. Because herman he's still trying to be so loyal. And I, for, I kind of forgot about him. I forgot he was still actually in that cage uh, ever yeah. since his rebellion in Mutant Town. So remember, yep. Sally was, um, I guess, running for, uh, what was it, governor? Something, something like that. She was running for some... some uh, mayor. Mayor, thank you. And uh, uh, of course, it was Man Ray and... Uh, Herman that kind of stood against her so Herman's been in prison ever since so I really like this at first he will not buckle he, he won't no matter how much the turtles are trying to reason with him he's basically saying his what does he say uh Herman Herman the hermit crab sergeant serial number 10 or 10 he keeps just basically saying his credentials his
0: name name rank and serial number that's
1: it that's it but finally, Sally's able to talk some, some reasoning into him. So I'll, I will read a little bit of what she says. She goes, look, Herman, you and I go way back. And despite everything that's happened, I still consider you a good friend. I never wanted to put you in this cage. Not you, not Man Ray, none of you. But dang it, you guys forced my hand. Deep down, I know that's true. or Deep down, you know that's true. But instead of trying to fix your mistakes, you just keep digging a hole deeper for yourself. Heck, I couldn't even keep you you locked up in the same room with the the others without having to worry about what crazy escape plans you guys were concocting. And now you have a real chance to redeem yourself, but instead you're still digging. Why? That's not the hermit I know, not the good soldier, not the hero. And we get this little uh, close-up of him, and he looks, you know, convicted for a hermit crab. Yeah, even his eyes are watering. So, guy, you know, credit to the artist for for really showing emotion in in eyes like that. So Herman says, "Fine, I'll help you find Old Hob, but on one condition." Sally goes, "Go ahead, we're listening." Herman says, "I won't give Raphael the coordinates where Hob's been." um, uh, Bio, I don't, I'm not sure. Bio, I don't know how to say that. Um,
0: um which panel are we looking at?
1: It oh, bivouacked? Um
0: where Hobbes been bivouacked? What the heck is that word?
1: I've never seen that word.
0: Hold on. <laughs> you Her You bivouacked? keep talking I'm looking this up. I got to I I must know now.
1: Okay, okay. I will give Raphael uh, the coordinates yeah. where Hobbs bivouacked, but I will escort him there personally. If you're telling the truth, um,
0: I I Sorry, dude. I found it already. Oh, it wow. is, it's bivouac. Bivouac uh, is the pronunciation. Bivouac. It says a. It is a temporary camp without tents or cover, used especially by soldiers or mountaineers. So, Hobbs bivouacked somewhere, um, and Herman is going to tell them.
1: Nice military terminology. I like that. Yeah, that's good for him. Yeah. So he says, if you're telling on, the truth. It's on point for, for Herman. Definitely on point, yeah. If you're telling the truth, if there really is big danger brewing, then I want my real shell back and all my weapons with it. You want my help? Then I want back into the good fight. So I like that part there. So Herman, you know, it sounds like he's back on back on our side. And, of course, nobody and Casey, they're, they're helping out. And I think nobody was patrolling some of the ports of Mutant Town. So April, she's kind of uh, giving some directions to everybody. She says, uh, Jenny playing cop in Town, Karai keeping an eye out on the city, and you running all of it from behind the scenes. Where does that leave the rest of us? Donatello says, basically stopping Rat King's team from turning Town into an official uh, internment camp. Nobody says, well, like the place ain't a freaking prison already. So I think April says, we're hoping you'll take care of the security along the shoreline docks, uh, Angel. Okay, so that's that was right. Donatello says, with Casey patrolling the area outside of the Mutant Town wall. Okay. Uh, Casey says, well, patrolling for what exactly? Donatello's like, I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, we're not sure. Intel's limited at this point. So Casey says, So the best I I could tell is you you just keep your eyes peeled for anything that seems out of the ordinary. (laughs) In case he goes, ordinary, he says.
0: Yeah, like any part of these guys' lives is ordinary.
1: Exactly, exactly. Don goes, April, Saki wants you to keep close tabs on Stockman. He figures that there's going to be a lot of disinformation coming out from City Hall, so the investigative journalism your team is up to is going to be key. So basically she's going to be keeping tabs on Stockman like always. Uh, I think this is April here going, to, we're, we're thinking about hijacking Mikey's podcast gear while he's away. Mona's going to be the voice that spreads our news reports as far and as wide as possible. So basically, they're going to try to expose Stockman, and that will come into play a little bit later on in this issue. Dante says, good idea. I'm sure Mikey won't mind. April says, I still can't believe those dudes. Or excuse me, uh, Angel says, I still can't believe those dudes went all the way to Dimension X with Shredder. Donatello says, believe it, Angel. Saki came across some information about the the groups over there that he thinks will be able to help us against the Rat King and the others. And we see Sari here. And she, bless Sari's heart, she still has no idea really what's going on. Because uh, she's basically a child that grew up literally overnight, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. She's just kind of along for the ride at this point.
1: Yeah, yeah. This is where we get the big conversation with the neutrinos, I believe.
0: Yeah, kind of a big info dump for what's going on with the neutrinos and basically the king and queen explaining, here's all this uh, kind of bureaucratic stuff we have going on, all this political stuff going on, war here, war there, us being linked to this uh, planet and helping these people. And so because of all this, uh, we can't help you. And so the turtles are bummed the nova posse are basically like wanted for um going uh, not necessarily a wall but they're they're no longer enlisted to like they're they're not official soldiers for the king uh, for the neutrinos anymore and but long story longer w- these two pages are mostly about the the neutrinos explaining to leo and mikey and shredder why they can't help and then we turn the page and they all say their nice goodbyes, and we cut over big, big old jump cut. Like, we're, we're doing cutaways to, to different dimensions, dude. <laughs> cut back to Earth. Mayor Stockman is giving a speech about security and infrastructure and what he's going to do for the city and what he's going to do about Mutant Town and how they're going to protect the residents and blah, blah, blah. And then somebody interrupts by screaming, Lies. Uh oh. You turn the page, and there's a big, like, double-page spread of not our teenage mutant ninja turtles, but four teenage mutant ninja turtles. Well, I don't know. I don't know how old they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Four mutant turtles in that that look similar to the ninja turtles we know and love, but they're wearing white bandanas. Uh, or white masks over their faces. They all have yellow eyes. And they start attacking civilians and EPF agents and the media people uh, and the cops. They are j- taking out everybody.
1: Did you notice little hand gestures?
0: Hand gesture.
1: Yeah, from the turtles. No, so, what am I missing? Okay, so those in that two-page spread... You know, where it shows a close up of Raph holding his side, Dante with the bow Yeah, the Mike.
0: the red and yellow panels.
1: Yes, yes. They're yeah. from their exact cuts from the video game. Um I can't oh. remember it, it's it, it's either the it's either the first one, second or third one on the NES, but it okay. shows scenes where it shows like the turtles in the background, like the, the their entire bodies in the background, but a close up of them gripping their blades or their weapons. So I was like, It's it's shot for shot. I thought that was a really cool touch.
0: That is a very cool touch. Thank you for calling that out because I was I was not hip to that. I did not rec did not recognize that at all. Well I butchered everything um, else,
1: so there we go. There's there's one Redeemer. All good, all
0: good. But then so the this big fight ensues. There's smoke bombs everywhere, there's chaos everywhere. And one of these mystery turtles grabs Stockman and somebody yells behind them unhand the mayor and stand down and one of these EPF agents says who the and you turn the page and dark water has shown up on the scene and we know them as being this kind of like next level black ops group you know kind of secret military sketchy dudes who were working for Bishop at one point and stockman has hired them and one of the turtles has has baxter stockman in a very precarious position and dark water now has guns trained on these dudes and the box at the bottom says to be continued
1: yeah yeah very
0: tense very crazy
1: so I, I like the issue, I'll say this I love the artwork, I love the fact that a, a lot of our beloved characters are involved in this I have been waiting, I love the nobody character she's one of my favorite side characters Yeah. and of course Casey Jones anytime those two are together I, it always brings a smile to my face I still felt like this issue felt more like an opening moves kind of issue until the very end you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. when,
1: when the clone turtles show up I'm like okay now things are hitting the fan but it felt like a lot, still a lot of prologue to me, um, a lot of dialogue that, in this, and exposition.
0: That has been kind of my thing with the the Armageddon game overall, dude. Because again, where I'm caught up, I've read, um, I've read Armageddon Game One, and then Ongoing One Thirty Three, and then Armageddon Game Two, and Ongoing One Thirty Four, and Armageddon Game, or yeah. Armageddon game 1, 2 and 3 ongoing 133, 134, 135 and and two alliance issues and the first three Armageddon game issues just kind of feel like at least from one side of the story from like the Mikey Leo Shredder side of the story it's still putting pieces together you'll you'll end up seeing in the next issue like Donnie and Jenica kind of end up with one mission and other characters end up with another mission. The the Clone Turtles got their stuff going on with Baxter and them. And the Clone Turtle stuff seems to be moving forward and like Donnie and Jenica are handling business where they need to. But again, the Leo and Mikey stuff with with Shredder and the Neutrinos. And then you also see what Raph's up to that also feels like okay. We're still putting pieces together, right? And
1: and it is like a chessboard, right? You know, it's it. You have so absolutely. many pieces, and you know, you can only move one at a time. So I'm, I'm hoping that you know these little moves, these pawns moving, and and I'm hoping that it the pacing will ramp up uh, quite a bit toward the end of it.
0: Totally. We we know now from from whatever little like letter snippet we read from Tom Waltz that the Armageddon game is a chess reference so you using the chess analogy like these characters being pieces on the board is exactly like that's that's the goal that's how the story's supposed to feel I guess I just wish we weren't it it feels like we're still putting pieces on the board and and the series has started where like where I'm at I'm three issues plus into this event and they're still putting pieces on the board. I kind of wish it was a little bit, a little bit further along. Yeah. But mm-hmm. other than that, like the stakes feel high, mm-hmm. the scope feels big. Like again, we're talking three different dimensions are being involved here. You know, the the dimension where we're at on Earth, dimension X, dimension Z uh, ends up making an appearance. So many new faces and and names being thrown about. It it feels really big. It it feels like it's got the potential to be this, you know, kind of climactic, cataclysmic, important thing in this run of of turtles. Like, could could end up being the type of event series that, when this is done, the turtles book as we know it will not be the same.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, where do you go after something like this? I mean, I, I this is in, in some ways. You know, I know the Last Ronin blew up, absolutely blew up, and became extremely popular. And people that don't even know the Turtles very well know about the Last Ronin. This one feels like it's bigger in the sense that there are a lot more moving pieces in it. Obviously, totally. I don't know if it feels as big as the Last Ronin though, and in the sense that it's blown up. Nah, I, I can't say for us that it's it's
0: not even close, dude. And I. I think there's various reasons for that but like if it if it means anything to anybody out there like we we ordered like 70 copies of the first issue of Last Ronin and sold out of all of them. We ordered I want to say 15 or 16 copies of Armageddon game number 1 and we still have like four or five copies left. It's it's just a totally totally different beast, totally different level of like hype and and advertising and promo from from IDW, but
1: right. But and yeah. and I think like after this huge arc right here, you know, what where do you go? Like, uh, I I'm, I'm not sure what you do after that, but hey, we're just getting started with this. Hopefully it'll uh heat up a little bit, and I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next. So, I guess this particular episode obviously if you're hearing this is probably on um, the Turtles Forever feed. But the next episode, which will be, I guess, Issue 133 and Armageddon Game 2, would that be correct, uh, Zach, on that?
0: Sounds right to me, dude.
1: Yeah, that'll be on uh, Zach's feed. So real quick, if you uh, want to send us an email, give us any feedback regarding Issue 132 or the Armageddon Game Issue 1, we'd be happy to hear from you or happy to uh, share your email on the show. Our email address, or my email address, is turtles podcast gmail.com. Turtlecom hotline. We finally got a new Turtlecom hotline. It is 865 312 7260. I am on Twitter and Instagram at TurtlePodRob. And uh, Zach, can you tell everybody where they can find your amazing show, my friend?
0: Guys, you can find Booyaka Show uh when i'm making new episodes <laughs> um you can find old episodes of booyaka show basically anywhere you listen to podcasts you can find me on spotify apple podcasts TuneIn in radio all kinds of good places stitcher yada 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 you can find me and more information about the show and a lot of my love for ninja turtles and stuff that i'm adding to the collection um on Twitter and Instagram at Zoso TMNT. That's at Z-O-S-O-T M N T. And uh yeah, find me, holler at me, follow me. Let's talk about turtles, talk about other things. I love most comics in general, but turtles is my jam.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. That's why we keep doing it. Even, even yes, sir. and you know what? I gotta brag guys on, on Zach once again, you know, just to embarrass him even more. Zach <laughs> Zach's working two jobs. He's he's got a family. And he's still making time to talk turtles, so Oof. I mean that, that that just goes to show you how much, <laughs> uh, uh, how, how much we love doing this.
0: Yeah, I again, man, I appreciate the kind words. I do love doing this. I love doing this with you, Rob. Right back at um, you, man. And and I appreciate appreciate the love and the respect. And I I am very I'm very grateful to be in the position uh, that I am in life. S- some of the stuff not to not to get too deep in the weeds but the the two job thing is kind of like uh it's it's from self-inflicted wounds i don't don't necessarily have to don't necessarily have to be doing this or or i I shouldn't have to be doing this i'm doing this because i uh want to and and want to kind of fix some some correct some do some course correction basically but um but yeah, it's a it's a little bit of a grind, and I'm gonna stick with it and try to get things right for me and the family. Um, but also want to acknowledge that like there are there are people out there who do who do more with less, and um and and who live a little bit uh, a little bit tougher than I do. And so I I hope everybody out there like I hope we all start 2023 off with with some positive perspective and. You know having our minds on the on the right things and you know being kind to people and being uh you know respectful of people and and understanding and respectful of the fact that like we we all walk different paths we all live different lives and um you know people are people and and i hope we can just uh respect everybody and and love everybody and uh, and enjoy the things we enjoy, like Ninja Turtles.
1: <laughs> Amen, man. Absolutely. Well, speaking of things we enjoy, man, th- there's one final question I got to ask you as we close out the this uh, totally tubular episode of Booyah Cattails Radio. What kind of pizza are we going to have here, right at around two o'clock in the morning, my friend? <laughs> uh, freaking sleep
0: pizza, Rob. <laughs> 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 um. I'm I'm trying to think of something, you know.
1: That, it's been months and it's late, so I can't. I understand.
0: <laughs> I just, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of something that you like eat before you go to bed. That's like not not too filling, but like it gets you ready for bed, gets you kind of cozy, you know. Hmm. And thinking about what that thing is, and then how you apply it to pizza. Like <laughs> I'm thinking okay this this is what i got this is what i Uh, got. Oh, let's hear it it's a dessert pizza oh and i i want you guys to know i've got my eyes closed right now while i'm talking about this (laughs) because i'm i'm imagining it in my head and now i want it i'm gonna make myself want this it's a dessert pizza where the crust and like the body of the pizza is made out of banana nut bread oh yeah you feel me does
1: not sound bad
0: Right, 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 and then the toppings on this banana nut bread pizza are like nu- Nutella, like Nutella warmed up and drizzled across the top, with then slices of bananas dropped on top of that. Boom! Dessert bedtime dessert pizza.
1: Oh golly! Okay, that's that. That sounds delicious. Right. And I'll go try my best. With a glass of with a glass of milk, dude? Yes. With a glass, Come of, milk. On. With a glass
0: of milk. Come on. Now, now the
1: question is, is the pizza hot or is it cold?
0: I mean, dude, banana nut bread. Like you can Either you, way. you can warm it up or have it with your coffee or just like eat it cold. Uh don't don't drink coffee before bed. We will do like again, milk or like warm tea or something. Yes. Some nice sleepy time tea.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: I can't tell. I can't tell if I'm making myself hungry or making myself more tired right now.
1: <laughs> I, I, th- I think it's a little bit of both for me. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> totally, totally. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening. And and guys, thank you so much for. I, I do apologize uh, that we had to kind of rush through uh, Armageddon Game Issue One. Um, you know.
0: Well, if it wasn't a thousand pages long,
1: right? <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't as late in the night. But yeah, uh, I, I think we hit the highlights for sure, and we'll try to. Definitely hop on again and do another uh, Booyah Tales episode uh, here very soon. So thank you so much for for listening, Zach. Thank you for coming on, man. It's like we 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 never stopped. It picked up right where we left off. Uh, this is
0: how we do it, bro.
1: <laughs> absolutely, man. It's been so good uh, for the soul just to talk to you again, man. And uh, and guys, we thank you again. Hope you all have a great week. Uh, and here's to enjoy. Here's to hoping you enjoy your friends, your family. And a mega slice of banana nut Nutella drizzled. Uh, <laughs> banana sliced, yeah. Yeah, b- banana sliced pizza. Cowabunga, dudes. Cowabunga. Cowabunga!